You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Yay, we're recording. It's been so long, Ebony. What am I supposed to say? (laughs) Oh, 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 I know, I know. Welcome. What's up, Theater Geeks? What is up? It has been a very long moment. It's well, at least a long time for since us. we recorded, but not it's never as long for the people who actually <laughs> are <true>. listening. <laughs> we we thought ahead and we had a huge cache of episodes that you yeah. all have been listening to. So it's been, I think what, maybe like three or four weeks since the yeah. last episode has actually been published. Mm-hmm. So this is a special treat though, because now we're all doing it live. Every single one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. You're going to be so excited. You're just going to be like, oh my gosh. You're going to be like, whoa, hit, hit, whoa, hey, whoa. It's amazing. (laughs) This is a special episode that we're doing today. It really is. I am so excited about this episode because um, in the summer of 2020, um, I first heard about this documentary. And it's called Uprooted. And you all can watch it on HBO Max. And it is about the history of jazz dance. And so I saw it back then when we were only having like virtual film festivals. And I loved it so much. I was like, I wish it were longer. I could just be inside of this world (laughs) for like days. Um, (laughs) And then I saw it two other times. So I've seen it three times. Because I'm obsessed it. with it. Yeah, I watched it <laughs> twice this week. Because See? the first oh, time, because obviously I had to for the podcast, and it was also interesting. But like, I finished it and I went, "Wait, there was so much information. I, I I need to watch this again." Like, I had to go back and like listen again because there was so much. There was so much that I was able to kind of like grasp onto the first viewing. Yeah. But then the second time through, yes, those points still really hit hard, but I was able to like get so much more information. It was really, really a good, it's a fantastic documentary. Yeah. Definitely watch it. But the reason we are here today recording is because we have some of the creatives here with us in the virtual studio. (laughs) So exciting. So exciting. 
So first, I'd like to introduce Lisa Donmal Reeve, and she's going to introduce herself and um, what her ties are to this fantastic documentary. Thank you, Ebony and Pamela. That was uh, quite an intro. I love it. I love you both already. Um, thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Lisa Donmal Reeve. I was the producer um, of Uprooted. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Kadeeva Wong, and I'm the um, director of Uprooted. Lovely to meet you both. You too. <laughs> you too. Hello, hello. I'm Zach Nemerin. Um, I'm the original concept guy, co-creator with everybody, and uh, I did a lot of the additional choreography for the film. It's Please. amazing, amazing. Yeah. And and uh, just so everyone knows, like Kadifa and Zach are in England, and so so kind of them, like with you know the time differences and everything. And so we're just excited to have all three of you here to talk about this documentary. That like, if I were the marketing, I tell everyone about this documentary. <laughs> I just really, really have. I love it. I love it. It's just so informative. Yeah. I learned so much, like so much. Um, and also, you know, it's interesting because Pamela and I had done right after the big racial reckoning of, of 2020, we had done this episode because I was just like really fired up about like the history of theater. And so it was interesting to also watch like this documentary and mm -hmm. how, um, how it is so purposeful about showing the erasure of the black community from dance and how much they have contributed to dance. Mm -hmm. And, and I like, it just really like, even some of the things that were talked about, I talked about in that episode um, of, of our podcast. And then I just learned so much more. So, um, if one of you would like to start and telling us how it all came together, like the seed of the idea, and then how you all moved forward, Zach, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's an incredibly long story that I'm just going to zip through really. <laughs> so, so probably about six or seven years ago I decided to go back and do a degree as a mature student I'm 40 now um, and, and, uh, and I was doing a degree in musical theatre and you know for, for the thesis at the end I had to kind of define myself as an artist and I am a musical theatre performer and have been for 20 or was for 20 odd years and now I'm more of a choreographer. But um, I suddenly kind of realized my mentor died, Jackie Mitchell. She died, she passed away sadly. A lot of other people, choreographers and people that had taught us over the years, were beginning to kind of pass away. And I was like, oh, who's going to document all of these people? Like, they, they, yeah. once they go, they go, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I was having a conversation with Gadifra and, and we, we're we were actually working in a theatre in in the Savoy Theatre, actually in the West End at the time, and you know we were having these conversations whilst I was like naked doing a quick costume change <laughs> and all this kind of business. And <laughs> so that's how it kind of came about, really. And you know, you, you know, the 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 aggravation, I guess. You know, even even you know, six seven years ago, I guess Kadifa and I were feeling the aggravations of kind of not necessarily being included all the time or you know or seeing people not seeing people do the work but not really knowing where it came, it came from, from. Yeah. So, yeah so so yeah that's kind of how in a nutshell that kind of kind of how it started and then me and Kadifa went traveling um we uh, remembered I remembered that Lisa Don Reeve was in America and um had turned into a film producer so we're like right 
Lisa. We just talked to her immediately. And so we did, and Lisa literally just fell into it. She was like, yes, absolutely, but I want it bigger. I'll let her explain a bit more about that, but she wants, I want you to do everything about jazz dance. Everything, the whole story. And we were like, okay, let's go. <laughs> bigger project than you probably anticipated at first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and also, like, my naivety, but I always go by instinct and gut. And um, so my background was also musical theatre and educating dancers in jazz. So I was just like, oh, my God, I love documentaries. I've never made one, but I know that I know <laughs> I thought I knew the subject matter. And so but it excited me. Um, and their pitch was um, obviously I could feel Zach's passion. And I just met Kadifa. I'd known Zach. For years before in London and um and I just said I just think it would be better if it's a whole kind of we span the whole history and that's I mean the the genius but also the naivety because as we delved in I was just kind of like holy shit this is this is deep and complex and um how the hell are we going to put this in one film <laughs> um and it could, you know, there's bits that we skim over, but um, because either another film's already made of it or we want people to actually be curious um, and then go and do the work themselves. Yeah. Um, and also we'd love to then expand and do an episodic. So there's kind of many, many layers, but I guess we were like, why has no one done this? And then as the deeper we got into it, we were like, oh. <laughs> 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 So, but yeah, Lisa, so that's you said of... that you wanted to expand it. Is that already in the works to do episodics of this kind of docu series? We'd love to. We kind of um, we we know what we'd want to do. It's more about partnering or getting um, kind of uh, money, money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be very <laughs> blunt. <laughs> um, but you know, we haven't we haven't really even started to pitch that yet. We just wanted to get to the release of HBO Max and then now going and trying to um, find the right people yeah. worldwide to distribute because yeah. um, we'll do it territory by territory probably and um, and then there's the educational side and so there's so much going on and what you see plus Kimberly Browning um, is kind of it there's, we're a very small team yeah. Um, so yeah I'm very it's proud of us remarkable though the number of people that you were able to kind of get on board to do these interviews namely you know like Graciela Danielle and Cheetah Rivera and you've got Debbie Allen and all of these these big huge people in the theater in dance in you know all across the board how were you able to kind of cultivate those relationships well some of them we were very lucky so um our team all came from dance um, and including our DP, Matt Simpkins, um, who's been as well key in the whole process. He's like been above and beyond um, a DP for sure. Um, <laughs> and he, so but basically it's like our work history. So I'd worked with Cheetah. So I contacted Cheetah and she said, I'd love to do it, but I'll only do it if Graziella does it. And I was like, sure. Oh, all I'm right. Not, okay. <laughs> you my arm. Um, so it was, uh, like Zach had worked with Jerry Mitchell. I'd worked with Stroh a few times. So it was, it was kind of, and um, Matt had worked with Josh Bagas. I'd worked yeah. with Al Blackstone. 
um, my husband had worked with um, Andy Blankenbuehler. So it was it was just this web. And then then we also had like the the book that it was inspired by. And I'll hand over. I'll stop talking. Um, <laughs> I hand over to Kadiba because she's key. Um, we had the book that it was inspired by: Jazz Dance: uh, The History of the Roots of the Branches by Wendy um, Oliver and Lindsay Garino. And each chapter of that book is by different dance educators or historians. And um, so that's why we interviewed them. And then we kind of, each person in that book was like, oh, you have to, you know, like Bob Boris, you should talk to Melanie George, um, Sue Samuels, you should talk to, it was it literally every person led amazing. us to someone else, which was yeah. amazing. Uh, just the most beautiful organic process. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Abby Allen was like a cherry on the cake though. So when we got her, um, <laughs> we were very, very happy. <laughs> that That was one of the like, really interesting things is like so when debbie allen started talking about who taught her yes i you know like i knew patrick swayze's mother was a a, like well-known dance instructor i knew that but i was like that's who taught debbie allen like that my that just like my brain exploded me too I don't think we we knew that we no, we didn't we, know. All, totally we just did always did it as a Off big conversation stuff. like a big conversation and so that whole section was just we were sat on this sofa in her office and Zach was kind of opposite her interviewing her we were just all like, oh, it was just brilliant I mean I'll never forget that day ever ever that's amazing <laughs> That was one of the, that was one of those pinpoint moments for me while watching it though, because obviously, yes, she's a dance teacher and she's the mother of a, an incredibly famous actor, but to have her also be this really pivotal person in Houston, Texas to start teaching in an integrative fashion to all of these little black children who then grew up to be people like Debbie Allen. It was, that was really remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that story. I also loved, um, I just loved watching Cheetah and Graciela. Like those (laughs) were the sweetest. Uh, and then we were at Lincoln center and they were bantering and people were laughing because they were just so adorable. Like, I love that. I love that every single time. You you haven't seen even a snapshot of the material. (laughs) Oh Oh. Oh, yeah. We had an hour of that and it was just, heaven i mean all you had to do was point the camera at them and go (laughs) they were just they're such good friends um and even now the amount of times we've seen the film um i still laugh and smile it literally they're just so gorgeous Adorable. Yeah, the scene with them in the credits is just where yeah. <laughs> I don't know how old I am and Graziella leans over it's, it's the sweetest <laughs> thing in the whole world I love it so much <laughs> yeah I love it and it's literally that is their dynamic yeah it, it, it reads yeah <laughs> yeah so, I mean some of the photos as well we've got the the sheer respect and love they have for each other as they yeah. look at each other as the other one's talking is so it's we've got captured it's just it's it's just adorable I love it and they're like legends I mean it's incredible so Kadifa, you talk now you know please please talk about like once you got involved and and the book and all of that mm-hmm. um so for me it was more 
um, sort of being with Zach anyway in the dressing rooms and hearing his conversations about jazz dance. And I was a contemporary dancer to start with. So I was just like, there's nothing for me in jazz dance because I hadn't been taught that there was and didn't know the, the history. So, you know, boy, was I wrong, which was an incredible journey just to go on personally and sort of reading these wonderful conversations that they were having in the book was just, um, for me, it opened up a whole new kind of um, dialogue and a very kind of um, self-affirming process as a woman of colour, suddenly mm-hmm. realising there was an art form that spoke to me, was made by my ancestors that mm-hmm. I should have been proud of, but hadn't been taught ownership of that. And that's kind of where my mission was with the film, was mm-hmm. to give everyone a voice, start a conversation, but also make sure that we kind of knew so that little kids didn't weren't feeling alienated mm. by the stuff that they loved and the world they loved. Because I love dance, but dance didn't, I think, always love me back, you know? So it's yep. that kind of, let's try and get some love out there. I It's, you know, when you talk about, like, uh, you know, as a person of color, not knowing about all the things our ancestors have done and all of the contributions, and I was just watching... Questlove Summer of Soul documentary where it was like this whole Black Woodstock thing that like nobody knew about, you know? And it's like, what what would happen for our community if we had actually known about all of the Mm -hmm. extraordinary contributions that our ancestors had made? And Mm -hmm. so I'm so grateful for this documentary because it taught me so much that, that I didn't know about the contributions that black people have made. And I think what, what that, what I can speak to as a black person, what that did for me was, was remind me how worthy I am and how important it is for me to continue in my creative endeavors, mm. you know, because, Absolutely. because the spaces, you know, just sort of tried to leave us out. They were like, we'll take this piece but we don't really want you there. Yeah. <laughs> what I find so, absolutely yeah. thrilling and amazing yeah. actually, of the whole process was the, the fact that how aligned jazz dance and jazz music is with mm-hmm. just the history of America full stop. It's, it's so, yeah. it's so succinct to, to, yeah. to the journey of, of the black people, yeah. um, it's it's almost kind of mind-boggling really how that yeah yeah it's uh, especially i i the um josephine baker piece i know it was just like a little snippet but i had also remembered because you all mentioned shuffle along around her and um the story of how she like lied about her age to like get into that show and, and all of that, like, as soon as I saw the documentary and that little piece, like, all that stuff just came back to me. And I just think about, like, you know, the opportunities that were so limited, but the people who fought and did whatever they had to to get into those opportunities and how doing that, like, I mean, Josephine Baker, when I was little, even, such a big icon for me. Yeah. I loved the Josephine Baker story in grade school. Shouldn't have been watching it, probably, but I didn't care, you know? And so, like, seeing her in this documentary, it just, all those memories just came flooding right back. And I, there's just so many reasons I'm grateful for this documentary. I must <laughs> say, it's lovely for us to hear how this is being received. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I think... It? 
and I'm just going to piggyback off of Ebony's point as well, yeah. because there, uh, as you guys are talking, I'm remembering certain things that I just watched in the documentary as well. And one of the main points that kind of really struck with me was that they said, you know, black people have been creating and they are so willing to share everything right. that they create. But then what happens is, is that someone that has a little bit more social equity commodifies and codifies, yeah. you know, that creativity and then all of a sudden everyone thinks that it was them in the first place and we've lost that really <laughs> intricate part yeah. of who actually put it into the creation who actually put it into the world and into the environment which yeah. was i mean that was huge that was really really huge yeah because when that the um i cannot remember the woman's name but that she was the educator she was so awesome and then when the list, you know, of uh, people were given and she was like, that's an incomplete list. Yeah. And then she starts listing all these other people, which like <laughs> a lot of them I didn't know. And I was like, <laughs> this is like, oh, no, you know, it was like heartbreaking, but wonderful, you know, yeah. because now I know them. Mm. What was her name, by the way? That was Melanie, Melanie George. George. Fabulous. Melanie Thank George. You. She was amazing. And I loved, yeah. she had like this fire behind her. She was like, listen, I am here to educate you all. I am here to <laughs> fill in the blanks of this lack of education that we all have where regarding really mm -hmm. everything Black history. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. She was really amazing. I really liked her. Yeah. Which is why we interviewed her twice. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. It Makes was, sense. She, she's just, uh, I mean, just Found so much knowledge, knowledge and so much passion yeah. behind this subject matter. It was, um, yeah, she's just incredible. Yeah. I what think every your... album needs an ambassador like that, don't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it, it's what kind of pushes it forward if you can have these forceful ambassadors not forceful in a bad way but someone who's a powerhouse that can you know yes. really create conversation and dialogue wherever they go they weren't like thomas de france says they weren't given they couldn't access courts of law and yeah. you know there was such a different path of life and opportunity because it's, yeah. it's not equal well and every um, opportunity that they did take advantage of was then just kind of ripped away from them with the exactly. next law that came out exactly yeah and sadly it just, the, the, i just don't think it's even i mean you think we've evolved but then you look at society today and you're like yeah. gee christ where are we going it's like uh -huh. crazy. And, and you it's even see the repercussions of you know 400 400 years ago kind of living today why yeah. is jazz dance not recognized as highly as as the ballet world or the contemporary world you know that's that was another aim of of Khadifa and I's to kind of just raise the raise yeah. the raise the stakes and get that get that platform there for jazz dancers and for you know jazz companies which are yeah. basically non-existent and like you know actually get get a a way of earning money out of this as well mm -hmm. not that it's all just about the money but you know what I mean like just yeah work with your art yeah, yeah. what what were some some moments that uh, were really impressive to you all or that you felt were really important that didn't make it into the documentary for whatever reason whether that's time whether that's because it didn't serve the story like do you have any because I know a lot went on the cutting room floor so I'm just curious I think one of my <laughs> one of my kind of moments and purely because you know when you grow up with him 
was a bit of a Michael Jackson moment, but you know, um, we yeah. we have material. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a great uh, interview um, with Travis Payne, and um, we we actually will go back to that, I think, or to him. Um, mm. And it just at the time we were editing and picture locking, it was when all that was kind of coming, oh, very, very you know, high up yeah. on the media cycle. Uh, we just had to make a decision then. We didn't want, sadly. And yet, I mean, we've got very short clips of, he's in there, as in mm. MJ. But um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of something we did skip over because we thought it was best to. Um, so that was one contributor that, I mean, there's several that didn't make the cut um, purely because of t- the amount the sheer amount of people that we had, but we wanted as many voices as possible because it's a conversation, as many opinions, viewpoints, and we couldn't have, well, I was the, I was the, no, I want this to be 75 minutes. And they, you know, the cut was coming back (laughs) over two hours or three hours. I was like, no way, this is not going to work. So we basically whittled it down. Um, Yeah. It did seem, as I was watching, it did seem like there were very, um, act one, act two, act three. It did Mm -hmm. feel very much like that. What made you decide what parts you did end up keeping? Mm -hmm. What were the, you know, the bullet points that you really wanted people to see? Um, so, so Kadifa and Joan, the editor, our editor, was amazing just brilliant they uh Kadifa and Joan worked really well at kind of creating a timeline and then spending the important moments of of the film kind of within those certain parts of that timeline uh and then and then kind of filling in the gaps if we needed to fill in the gaps and kind of go back and 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 film somebody else to kind of get something else of that of that nature but 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 Joan and Kadifa kind of had a very clear kind of um path because it is literally written out for you, you know, there is a timeline you can follow. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how, how I know Kadifa's internet's kind of breaking in and out a little bit. So she yeah. can't be here all the time, but, um, so I'm kind of talking for her a little bit, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know, I know is that I, because I, I sat and listened and got into debates into that editing suite and, and, um, it was a very clear kind of mindset a very yeah. clear kind of like, this is what we're going to do. Let's go through the timeline and, and get it all out and all of the stuff that isn't necessarily included out as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was like, there was, we, there were a few sections that we, I guess it, they're like in sections, aren't they? We would move around, see sometimes if they would fit better in a different place um, with the flow of it. Um we were trying to put Michael Bennett in at one point. And they just, oh. again, this is, I mean, there's so <clears throat> many, and there's a, a, to the point that, like I say, it would be three hours if we included everybody. So, <laughs> and, you know, people know Michael Bennett. Yeah. So we were, I'd rather talk about Pepsi Patel and mm. Fred Benjamin and mm. um, uh, Jojo Smith and talk about, I don't know. It was, it was, you know, there were some decisions made, but Kadifa and Joan and Zach, because Zach was there, um, made, you know, all the right choices uh, for sure. I think Joan was essential because she hadn't been on, obviously on the shoot with us. So she was coming in fresh. 
<laughs> no, no, no biases. So she'd see something, and go, no, that that person said it the best. So, <clears throat> and then back it up, and we all would be like, oh, okay. And then you'd realize that you just preferred Cheetah saying it because you, I, I'm attached to Cheetah, or you yeah. said this person because I'm attached to that. And then you had to literally remove yourself and go, what's best for the film? We're working for the film. So yeah. Hot man, isn't it? <laughs> I can't imagine. I'm the ideas girl, but I have no idea how to do anything with those ideas. So it, it's magnanimous that you even were able to get it all done and in a 75 minute film. Well, it's 90, but you know, I, oh. I, I, I knew that if I said 75, it would be more like 90. So I was being a bit. No, yeah, that's coming. good because I, I was like, gosh, that I mean, it felt, still felt so full for 75 minutes. So I'm glad that you said no, it 90. was actually 90. <laughs> um, but I was fine with that. Um, uh, what I loved, what Khadifa did and Joan, but what her brain went to the, you know, I loved the, okay, what happened at that time in the news, what was happening politically, yeah. what, mm. you know, so you tie it all together because it does, it's so important. That was and fascinating. That, I think for me, that makes the film. And yeah. the montages, the montages that kind of, yes. I guess, Joan is quite famous for, actually. Really. <laughs> I saw uh, she did, uh, well, Sam Rice Edwards um, did the Kevin McDonald Whitney uh, documentary. And I saw that just before we just wrapped um, filming and I saw it on a plane. I was going back and forth, East Coast, West Coast. And I said to Khadifa, you have to watch this. I really love how they move from one decade to the next. And it was really quick montages and it had news clips. And so you knew what was happening in the world and where she was. So yeah. no narrator or anything. Um, and I looked up Sam, found that he was in London at the assembly rooms because him and Nick run the assembly rooms. And so naively, I was like, I'd love Sam. And they were like, well, what's your budget? <laughs> <laughs> um Sam's won loads of awards and he's amazing I was like oh I can't quite afford Sam so um they said well Joan was his like first assistant and so we had a chat with Joan and we just <clears throat> kind of fell in love with Joan so that was just amazing and but that was something I saw and I was like oh my god that would be amazing so I do love yeah. that so much about this documentary that there isn't a narrator and it's so, so easy to tell where we are in the story, you know, because that's how you told it. Yeah, I love and that. You know, and, you know, we, there was a moment, there was a moment where we were like, right, we need to, we need to get a narrator. For, for, you know, we went through all of the stages, all of the kind of like, mm -hmm. God, we've got to do this and we've got to, we've got to get this story out. How, we, how can we do this? But actually those montages just play such an important role and, and are genius, actually. I'm really, yeah. really, it's, it's like choreography itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it felt very choreographed. And yeah, actually, which I, if Kadifa, if you can uh, speak, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, she does edit like she's choreographing, like she's oh, dancing. Nice. And that's, yeah. I think that is the key. That is what makes this documentary one of the many things um, stand out for me. Mm. So, Kadifa, if your internet's okay. I think, I don't know. It's, it just gets, but I keep losing everybody's speaking and I get one <laughs> word and then it goes and then everyone freezes and then I get a little bit. Um, but I think you were talking about editing. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah, Joan and myself. And I don't know, it's that kind of chemistry when you meet someone that you know just gets you without even having to explain anything. And um, that's what it was the first day that Joan and I worked together and we just created this timeline of black history um in america and that's what that was the foundation of the film 
and then you kind of do those peaks off of it and all of those moments and as Lisa was saying editing like music it was important that this film looked was done like a dance piece because we are dancers so me Zach and Lisa we work in a dance language and so does Matt the cinematographer so it came everything came from a dance-based background and it's how we like to work and how we share a language I guess mm-hmm. um and so it was really important that we found an editor that understood that and Joan was a former soccer player so she understood movement and she oh. understood that kind of synergy that you need physically with people and how you have to push things back and forth but keep moving so I think it helped that kind of dance the soccer player and she learned how to edit to counts of music and we <laughs> came up with a language of how many frames would a count be things like that which were really really fun to just experiment with um you know and count down and she didn't realize you know thought it was funny but Zach and I would be dancing out decisions in the edit suite we'd be like oh what about this a double pirouette and we both just be dancing and she'd just sit there and watch and not sort of say anything because that's how Zach and I kind of decide things sometimes so that was a lot of fun I love that I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm curious how you all decided on which um which dance centers to go to. Like that, how did you make those choices? Um they kind of chose us really. So it was more about um say I approached Al, I knew he I've done his class, I knew his class was amazing, and at the time that was at Steps. Um so then he connected me to Steps. Um, same for Josh Bagas. He was um, happy to teach class. So they kind of arranged a couple of classes and then said, yeah, sure, we can film. BDC were also very supportive. So when we got Mache, that they kind of helped us kind of coordinate that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canadian jazz companies, they that's where they rehearsed. So that was kind of, we were, again, we just were like, okay, great. We'll see you there. Um, <laughs> and then locations for um, interviews. Uh, Kadifa was very specific about what kind of look she wanted for what, what city she was in and what, you know, uh, so that was kind of fun too. I yeah, think fun it's, now. It's just about the dance, <laughs> dance, yeah, the dance films that, that inspired me. So New York had to look like staying alive. Because to me, that's what being a dancer meant was John Travolta's hustle in staying alive. So everything in New York had to look like that, you know? <laughs> so it was like finding the grimiest, dirtiest, 80s-looking dance studios <laughs> so that we could find. But that's where I wanted to be. And L.A., it had to look more like a Hollywood musical. It had to be very opulent. Because, again, when you think of L.A. and dance, you think of either music videos or you think of the golden age of musicals. Yeah. And so we kind of just built it around that image. And that's what Zach and I, when we were doing our sort of original, what do we want this to look like? We were in dance studios in London just playing around. And then we went to Paris for a couple of days and just got that sort of European dance vibe that we had seen in White Nights. And it just, you know, we were just really being led by the dance films that came before us to pay homage to all of those. Because that's to me, was what dancing was. Mm-hmm. and what I wanted to be but didn't quite get to yeah why mm-hmm. chose the dance school that we all ended up going to because it looked like fame it looked like uh, <laughs> a New York loft <laughs> I love that because yeah. that's a fantastic way in for people who are like not necessarily from a theater background because even they have seen you know musical movies dance yeah. movies music videos that that's so just brilliant it's brilliant and it ties in really nicely with the with the oh who who says it who says it um, 
Al, I'll say it. Um, uh, you know, everybody <laughs> loves jazz dance. Everybody yeah. loves jazz yeah. dance. Even if you don't realise that they love jazz dance, everyone loves jazz dance because it's there, it's there for us. It's, it's yeah. the social, it's going out, it's all that kind of stuff. It's, it's life. <laughs> and, yeah. and I would argue that jazz is the dance that you just do, even if you're a non-dancer. If you're dancing to music, you're jazz dancing. <laughs> yeah. just, it's like, improv. It's, it's what like your body it comes, does. Yeah. Like Camille says, it, it's yeah. in the community. It's in your blood. It's what yeah. you just do. You know, it's just. And I remember as a child, you know, I would, I, I, I just would hear music and dance in front of yeah. either my <laughs> yeah. grandparents or I'd make something up on the front lawn, and yeah. I just thought I, you know, that was I living my best life. <laughs> I used to weirdly, choreograph Moses Supposes in my living room. <laughs> And just try. Like, it was terrible. I'm, listen, I've been told many times that I'm more a mover than a dancer. And that's okay with me. But, like, the choreography that was coming from this body when I was 10, 12, 14 years old. <laughs> when you look at kids, like, kids that just don't, they just move. Yeah. It's yeah. just actually so beautiful because it's so organic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, the more I got pulled into the studio, so the codification, I lost that and I then was afraid of it. Mm. So if someone mm. said to me, oh, and then you just improv, I'd be like this whole wave of like, oh, just I'd rather you gave me the steps. And I, I find that really sad that yeah. that that was my trajectory. I just was more of a, no, I'm brilliant. I will make what you want me to do absolutely brilliant and then put my own thing on it um, because I like to, stand out um or, or just upstage without really planning to but that was uh, you know that was an element of my personality obviously I'm no, not that's, that's a whole anymore. other documentary in that whole thing why do we it's lose touch of our inner child what is that yeah that's, I know that's absolutely right though I mean it, it it is funny to kind of think about it but it's so true my trajectory was very similar to Lisa's in that you know like I I loved Broadway I loved it so much that it didn't matter that I was the size that I was or the shape that I was or you know whoever I was on that stage like when I got there I just I would just do it and then through the course of actually doing it professionally you're just almost beaten down to a point you're told so many times that you're Mm. you're not enough or you're not really a dancer but that's okay because your arms are really beautiful Uh, you know so just move your arms and make a big face and nobody will even look at your body and so you're told that enough times that it's like oh okay so I'm just gonna stop trying which is unfortunate but it also it kind of goes to the idea of being a child and not being told by anybody that you can't do anything. And then there's a certain point that I don't know what the age is. I don't know what yeah. it is, but yeah. every person hears it from that chi- from that threshold of childhood into adulthood that you you just can't act that way anymore. And right. you know what? There's pros and cons to both ways. There, there, sure. there are, don't be, you wouldn't have elitism if you if you wouldn't have like the shows that we have today if you didn't have yeah. you know, the elite training. Um but you wouldn't have the flavor if you didn't have where it comes from. Like, so, so mm. it's, it's a, it's a big marriage. And I, I'm guessing that the argument's always going to be there, you know, yeah. the argument's always going to continue. Um, hopefully it might just continue in a more open way, but <laughs> um, hopefully that's what this film will do. Hopefully that will be a little, um, 
what we've in a small way have kind of like started our own little kind of like legacy of opening up people to get them talking more why not the think tank that um i run with some friends we took a night to watch uprooted and um, one of the people in our think tank she was about to later that weekend um do jazz dance with some underprivileged kids and they're supposed to give a lesson but also like teach a dance class and so she watched it and she was like (laughs) She, I mean, I mean, it just exploded her mind like it does so many of us, but also, um, you know, she was trying to think how she could um, express some of the information to the kids, but also like provide them uh, the, 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 the freedom to know that like, this is where it comes from. And so like, we're all included in this narrative and we're all included in in this story. This isn't just for these people or just for these people. And mm-hmm. I think uprooted does do do yeah. it, it, it's it's so important because yes, the the, the codification can sometimes um, close people off, but also once you know that the inception of the thing is rooted in the background of your people and it's in your blood then it can kind of like stop you or help stop you from getting so into the codification that mm-hmm. you can't also allow your body to just express itself. Yeah. Um, and so I think the, the storytelling in this documentary really, really does help with that. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say what, what you all were saying about the, the, uh, about the freedom uh, of dance. It just kind of went back to, what Zach was saying at the beginning of our conversation about jazz music. And I immediately think of like scat singing, or I think of free jazz, you know, and um, it's, it's like, they really are so aligned. (laughs) They're just so aligned. I wonder, is there ever, is there going to be like a curriculum for this documentary? Because it's just like, yeah, we've got, we have got some educational um packages available online okay. already okay. Uh, but you have to be part of an educational institution um okay. to be able to access that and there's also um we're working on like a bigger kind of live tour educationally okay. um, so we're kind of digging into that hopefully that will kind of start summer fall um and then continue um because that is you know a very important part of our kind of mission um so yeah so there there is I mean we have teaching guides and videos that are shorter and like four different videos that we created um that that's easier for the classroom um so yeah it's it's uh, that was our starting point so I, I will build out from there that's exciting to have um the the tour also because it just like comes I mean, of course, in COVID, like the beginning of COVID, we couldn't do that. But now that we're like, things are getting a little bit better. I mean, it's it's something where like, will you all also maybe teach a little bit like like in terms of dance? Will you teach dance a little bit, too? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's just so important because because, you know, we talk so much about inclusivity and accessibility. But when you feel like it's not for you it's hard to get into that. Right. So if you all are bringing the fact that it 
was started, you know, by your ancestors. And so it belongs to you just as much as anyone else. And here it is. Right. I, I just, I, I'm so excited about the number of young dancers that are going to come out of that program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's really exciting. I mean, it's 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 a it's a big concept as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be it can be tailor made to what anyone wants. You know, you know mm-hmm. how many, how much community dance classes? Who do you want? Are they, are they guest artists? Are they from the film? Um, then full screening, and then you know we want a discussion panel ideally, so the kids can then talk about what they've seen and connect it to the classes and yeah. Um, but it also can be scaled down to a very a much smaller event. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Will you keep us posted on when you all launch that so that yeah, yeah. one of our intermission sodes we can we can announce that? Absolutely. Well, already, already the, the four the four kind of like parts um, of the whole film kind of already is on our website. So that has been okay. launched, but Great. we will get further in. Uh, why don't we tell uh, our audience what the website is right now, but we will also post it in the show notes as well. But what is yeah. that website? Uprootedfilm.com. Oh, that's and they can easy. also follow on um, Instagram as well. Yeah. And that's just at uprooted.film. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> he did a whole series on um, Smash, the TV show. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, which oh. we loved, and we—I think, gosh—I mean, we did all of them, but we sometimes would do like two episodes in, or two episodes of Smash yeah. in a day. Like we would record those two episodes, and so it got to the point where I was like looking at my notes, going, "Wait, when did this? Ha- Wait, hold on!" And it was like it was so convoluted, and so at this point, I was like, "I'm just watching Uprooted, and I'm going to enjoy it." I will remember what I remember. And if I need to, I'll watch it again. And I obviously wanted to watch it again. So there you go. So good. (laughs) It was good. How long did it take you all to make the film? I'm curious about that. Because documentaries can take a real long time. Exactly. Can you put like a year on the idea? Uh, I think think we're we're between 2015 and 16, which which was kind of when I chose. Scoundrels, right? Say again, sorry? When was it? was Scoundrels, wasn't it? So was that 2016? 2016, yeah, it must be 2016. Right. And then I came on board 2017 and we started filming at the end of 2017 mm. through the whole of 2018 in blocks because you don't have all the money, I have to yeah. tell you. Right. You raise the money, you raise the money, you shoot. You raise the money, you shoot. Um, or you just get in debt. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we wrapped at the end of 2018. They did some pickups 2019 when we started the edit. And then we picture locked like end of August 2019. Mm. And then we started submitting to some festivals, but we hadn't done a sound mix. We hadn't didn't get all the kind of licenses. So we didn't have any high res archive stuff. We were like, well, let's just wait and see if this actually gets you know selected um and then they we were selected what april was when we got the notice for dance on camera that was in july but we had to deliver response from all of the other places that you had submitted to what was the kind of response that you were getting we've uh, we've had a really i mean it didn't obviously didn't get in everywhere because i mean there's lots of competition (laughs) yeah um but we had i mean we i think we've did over 30 festivals and we won 12 awards I nice. think 
So we had a really good run. Um, yeah. And that's obviously uh, finished now um, because of HBO. Yeah. The, the um, July dance on camera, that was how I first saw it. Yeah, that was the it first was virtual. time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. First time. And we were, yeah, that was a big, <laughs> yeah, we were literally like. <laughs> <laughs> and Kadifa and I still haven't seen it in a theatre yet. Oh. <laughs> we will one day. We will one day. We will one day. Coming, it's will. coming. It's coming. Damn yeah. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Because, so now, if you live in another country, can you watch it on HBO Max? No, no only the U.S. No, we could, okay, because yeah, we do have we, international we listeners, so right. we should let them oh, know yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. It's only the U.S., yeah. but we are, you know, we are working for other deals, like in all other countries, because everyone I've been getting a lot of, I go, is it in Europe? Is it in Brazil? Is it, in, you know, and I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. Um <laughs> And it will get there. We just did. This was the first offer and it was US only. So, yeah. Okay. I'm a little curious about your backgrounds with film because I, you all have said you have dance backgrounds, but like how much background do you also have with film? And for any of you, was this your first documentary? Yes. <laughs> Kadifa, you too? Yeah, wow. this is my first doc. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good job. I know, right? <laughs> Sheesh. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, all of us, like all of us, it was our first documentary, which I, is also yeah, why it's a challenge to raise money. Yeah. The, well, you just kind of from day one were like, I don't know what we're doing, so let's just do it. And you figured it out. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of, I mean, we, we, surrounded ourselves by people that gave good advice um which is great yeah but we also went on what we just like I say I go off instinct and gut a lot which sometimes gets me in trouble but um (laughs) usually is the right trajectory Mm -hmm. so I think yeah that naivety I'd made one short film when they asked me about this and I was like yeah let's do it I think this is great um and because I was just so excited it was like only a year after I'd started my production company so I was only I'd only been like making films or within that world for a year I was working as uh working in videography and working and it's funny that some of the kind of things that I'd wanted to do I was working for a celebrity fitness trainer and was trying to say to him like make your fitness videos really you know change the way you film fitness film it from internally let's show joints let's show this like let's put some (laughs) interviews in there let's make it so everything that I was trying to get him to do for his fitness videos ended up being uprooted because he wouldn't listen to me and I'm like right I just have to do it myself and do it for my own things like that and find people that will kind of trust you because when you are new at things um especially as a woman of color I find that it's very hard to get people to trust that you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know I it's this constant finding a way to make your voice heard um, and under, people have to understand that you do know what you're doing and that your instincts are good and that it's okay if you didn't go to this film school and it's okay that you didn't do this. Just let your work speak for itself. And so I kind of was like, if I can just make one film on my own terms, I can see whether my instincts are right. <laughs> and then I can be like, okay, now I have some confidence in what I'm, I'm doing. And it's like, if it fails, at least I know. But if it, if it goes well, at least I can say, okay, great. 
I, I did good and did bad and know where things went right and wrong. And I think for any fil- first time filmmaker yeah. or any creative, try and do that for your first kind of go. Um, Cause it's a battle otherwise, um, yeah. you know, it just be so tricky. Well, I think too, you always get stronger from the mistakes that you make rather than the successes. Mm, So I think it is really important to kind of stumble through some things. Yes. And the very first thing I did completely bombed. So (laughs) (laughs) I also think nothing, you know, yeah, you can, you should just make up your own rules. You should, you know, Mm. we didn't want, I, you kind of know what you don't want. So then you go, okay, so then let's just not do it that way. Let's do it another way. And so in, people will either like it or don't like it or they'll have an opinion and that's great whether it's good or bad um so I think that's really important and there's always going to be bumps there's always going to be times where you're like oh crap I hadn't thought about that or I didn't know that was going to be you know and then you learn from that and then you're better for the next time and um at the time it's stressful sometimes (laughs) but uh you always come out and you're just like okay well that was that was great. It was, it was an amazing journey. I mean, it was a humbling journey. And that's what I always say after I was like, yeah, I know jazz dance. And then like a third of the way through, I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just listen to all these amazing people. And, um, and I, that's where you kind of start to go. This is really important. Yeah. And if it's from the community, if it all started from community, it should kind of be done from a place of heart and from yeah. a place of soul and from the community that kind of do it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it shouldn't be this big corporate thing. I'm not. I'm a non-conformist. I don't conform to anything. So, I, so, <laughs> I, so I just kind of blunder my way through life, so like that. But yeah, no. If, if it should be done by people who love what it is yeah. that it is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, I'm also curious about, so since for all of you, this was your first documentary, I'm curious about how you got the rights to, for the book, right? You, you had to get the rights for the book, right? I'm curious about that. Well, we, I didn't have to, to do that. I don't think we had to get the rights. I mean, we spoke to them and said, you know, this is inspired. It kind of inspired the research. It's okay. based on the book. Um, okay. so we didn't have to get those rights and they were actually very you know um, collaborative anyway Wendy and Lindsay because they're in the film um, what we did have to get the rights for is all the music and archive okay all that archive footage was really fascinating to watch yeah and you can't do it without it either you know no, you've got, you wouldn't you're be able showing to. people what was so yeah. you know when mm. we had this massive bill to pay I'd be looking at the film going what can we lose what can we lose and I'd every time be going there's nothing (laughs) and we'd we'd already lost some stuff because it was too expensive or some songs that were just crazy and it was for seven seconds I was absolutely no way Mm -hmm. um which still breaks my heart um Mm -hmm. but uh you know that's just that's what that's what my job is, sadly. I'm the bad guy most of the time. <laughs> Producer is always the bad guy. <laughs> you were never the I, bad guy. <laughs> I, I, I try and make all their dreams happen, and then you have to make those horrible decisions. We still haven't gone to Africa yet. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they kept going on and on about that. That's really episodic. 
need to film in Africa. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh, that would, I mean, really, honestly, that would be a fascinating shot oh there. God, we all absolutely of those have to. Yes, we have yeah, you do. To. But at the time, I was, I just like, let me get through this. Like, <laughs> all you needed to do was say the word Africa and she'd be like, shut up. it'll happen yeah well it will and because it's that is actually really important there's a there's a lot of places that we didn't get to go to that we will um that are on our list very cool very cool ebony did you have any other questions that you could think of um well the last one And this just comes from somebody who I'm so encouraged by the fact that this is the first documentary for you all. Um, But I'm curious, like, like the very first step, like if you take things step by step when you're first time doing something, what for each of you was like sort of like your North Star? Hmm. Hmm. I think for me, it was... For me, it was all about trying to get as many voices as possible, talking Mm -hmm. to as many different people. Like, how do we go about doing that? Um, How do we, who do we go and speak to? Um, So I think my moment was not quite such a small moment. It was like, right, let's get everybody. (laughs) Let's get everybody and talk to everybody. Um, But yeah, she's gone kind of a bit quiet. But for me, I think... um, that relationship oh, okay. between movement and music. Um, yeah. Kadeem and I share such a similar kind of like sense of rhythmical style or, or just mu- music style. Um, even if it kind of goes against the grain, if it, even if it's not kind of like legitimately yeah. of 1955 or something, it, we just kind of like mixing it up a little bit. And actually the the relationship between movement and music was just key because it's dance isn't it (laughs) my north star was I think the process the relationship building and the trust between us as a team because we'd never worked together before I worked with Matt before um so it's allowing the and also allowing it to go in the way that it's being pulling you so rather than going oh no I thought it was going to be this just be open enough to go oh wow yeah and and also looking at it broadly to go well what's missing what do we need um that was a lot of things so there's obviously lots of stars in my sky Um, (laughs) so that I would say is the most important I had a few that went along like little moments of going ah because you know you kind of felt like for three years you were always on it this film becomes your life so you're just immersed in it but for me I got into the edit suite and in that same week I got a job on The Lion King as a dresser and it was the first time I'd been backstage at a musical surrounded by people that looked like me and so suddenly it made telling the story so much easier and it just changed everything and and things that you know that I've been sort of dealing with just kind of changed and it just became that moment where you had legitimacy to voice Mm. And having someone like Joan in the edit suite and, you know, Zach and I've been friends for years. So I've always had his kind of um, support as it were, but um, so I I know what it is to have someone that kind of thinks exactly the same way as you do. Um, And 
having to learn and having to like bring in new collaborators. So having Lisa kind of bring in that fresh perspective, it all helped. So when you finally got to that moment where you could put all those pieces fit together, as opposed mm-hmm. to just were sort of chunks floating in your orbit, when we got into the edit and I got those supporting cast of people and I will always credit these performers at the Lion King and the, the, the some of my friends on the, on the dressing team as just being the people that glued it all together. Mm-hmm. And it was like being back at school because we laughed at the same stuff I was laughing at when I was a teenager and didn't have all those kind of angst and all those kind of, it was before I'd experienced racism kind of in that way. So it just took me back to a place where I was definitely my person. And so it was a very, very late law style, but it happened, I think, at the right time. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I think that's a perfect place to end. Yeah. Um, if you all could, first of all, just provide where people can find the film again. And then if you have social medias um, that you, you know, personally want to share, you can do that as well. Um, the film's available on HBO Max or in the U.S. The website is uprootedfilm.com. Our Instagram is our main kind of uh, social media, which is uprooted.film. I'm LDR Creative LLC or Lisa Dormawi. Um, yeah, that's me. I'm Zach. I'm at Zach Nemerin, so it's just my name on everything, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm actually off the back of this, and it's always been something that I've wanted to do for decades and decades. I, I I'm starting up my own jazz company at the moment and I've been doing this for about two years already but but like actually doing it now properly (laughs) so that's the jazz core if you want to have a little look can can you spell that out the jazz core as in the core of something so okay uh, c-o-r-e yeah perfect okay and then kadifa um, usual, I'm just on Instagram. I've cut myself off from social media. I'm like, um, so it's just people on and it's just Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you all so much for this. This was just a joy. I Such a pleasure. Ugh, friggin' thank obsessed you. with this doc. <laughs> I want you. everyone to watch it. Thank you. Um, and I look forward to um, the educational tour and the series. Crossing Great. our fingers for you. And seeing Thanks. you guys go international with, with the viewing of, of Uprooted, the film. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. We'll keep keep you posted. Yes. Thank awesome. you. Thank Please you do. so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY. And on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us, or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. You can also support us by going to patreon.com forward slash T-G-A-B-W-A-Y. Until next time, geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.